Hello, beautiful humans. It is me, your host, Christina Gonzalez-Sander. Every Tuesday, I host no BS conversations with women of color about the intersections of race, identity, and our cultural upbringings with everything else. So what does that even mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It means that we are essentially a lifestyle podcast but way cooler, going way deeper, created with women of color in mind, right? We only interview women of color and we talk to them about their businesses, how they grew up, you know, different topics like self-development, well-being, self-care like today, magic, spirituality. And I'm so excited to have Taylor Elise Morrison on the show today. I have been able to connect with her since the heart of quarantine, and I'm so happy that we got connected because she's awesome. She just has such an amazing presence, like so wise. (laughs) And I have super appreciated her friendship over the past couple of months, and you're gonna hear why. I will tell you that both of us recorded this episode the day after the election so y'all should give us some grace for articulating our words (laughs) yeah that's all i asked for just be easy on us because it was the day after the election and we're recording this episode but she is the founder of inner workout which is a wellness company but not your average wellness company right she is really creating this space for you to figure out how to dive into your intuition and she's giving you the tools to do so. So that's what we're gonna talk about. Like, how do you identify your intuition? How do you listen to yourself? How do you create self-care as an actual skill? Because we love the bath bombs, the sage, the, I don't know, ethical palo santo, the incense, all of these self-care products where we love, we love them. But how do we dive deeper into cultivating more self-awareness so we know what we need as humans, as women of color? And Taylor's gonna help us answer and discover that in this episode. And if you listened to last week's episode, don't forget you still have a chance to win a free pair of Allbirds with our homies and partners. And I get into that at the end of the episode on how you can win. So make sure you tune in for that. And then also I am teaching that workshop with Ethel's Club. So keep an eye out for that. And what's the other news that I have? Oh, we are hosting an in real life, but super freaking safe event in Austin, Texas. It's limited to seven people. We're gonna be outside, but it's gonna be a break from the internet, it's called Unplugged, and we're just gonna reset because Mercury retrograde is over, except for the shadow period. Um, I'm just kidding. Anyway, let me know if you're interested in that and that's all of my announcements. And so we're gonna get into the episode, get really nitty gritty on self-care and what the heck that actually is. So enjoy. Well, how are you doing? We just apparently won Wisconsin. My husband just texted me. 
It's really close. It gives me like, not hives, but like, I don't know, all the weird feelings. Definitely. That was another good thing is, so I purposely made today pretty slow. Like I have to facilitate something tomorrow. So I was prepping for that, but it's pretty like low key. And then we have this this afternoon, which I knew would be like a life-giving conversation. (laughs) But taking the nap also just made time pass. And then I woke up and I saw that we won Wisconsin. So it's like, oh, you're like, maybe the moral is I that I need sleeping. to sleep. Yeah. yeah. The moral is sleep more, wake up, great things are happening. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I think it's really funny because we, we are recording this podcast in this time. And then we don't know what the future is going to hold. But by the time it gets released, the future will have happened. And I don't know. Yeah, it's going to be... I'm cautiously optimistic right now. I mean, personally, like, I wouldn't have necessarily chosen Biden off the bat out of everyone who is an option. But, like, Mm -hmm. if we can just get someone who is not the current person in office and then, like, keep our foot down on the gas, we can make really cool things happen. Like, we are going to have to do work either way. Mm-hmm. It just kind of shifts where our starting point is. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but I'm also like afraid to jinx it in a weird way. Yeah. No, I, I understand completely. Plus, it's kind of like the election that won't ever end <laughs> because of Malin, which I'm okay with. But also, it's just kind of something that I feel like is being dragged out. And if you get sucked into news coverage, it's like the same thing over and over again because there's really nothing new to talk about until they count ballots. So, yeah. If I'm honest, I was definitely watching an episode of Dawson's Creek earlier. So (laughs) that's my escapism. That sounds so good. It was just fun. lost the remote in our room, so, like, I haven't been able to watch TV. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not that there's not, like, a million other TVs in my in-laws' house, but it's just, like, most comfortable to watch in my room. So, We've just yes. like had other stuff on or honestly, I did a little too much doom scrolling last night, but like before earlier in the night last night, it was like, we had some good music going. I was doing mm-hmm. a performance of Hamilton and just like, we are not going <laughs> away our shot. Like we yeah. got this. And then, yeah, but I do kind of want to find the remote because it is nice to just dive into something like silly and something dumb yeah yes i think that's like my go-to for everything i'm like give me something dumb holidays on netflix this dumb 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 rom-com that i definitely made jurgen watch last week was so into it it made me laugh i like i just like love escapism that's my favorite thing i want to watch that but i'm saving it for closer to the holiday so you do know what i'm talking about yes i know exactly (laughs) what you're talking about It was great. Seriously. Highly recommend to add to your romantic Christmas movie list, which I definitely have. And so do multiple members of my family. It's so fun. And my mom like watches Hallmark movies all year, which are basically the same thing, just without the holiday promise. (laughs) Yes. It's so great. I don't know. I could go on a rant about this for forever because I like love this shit. Like, if people really know me, I like dumb rom-coms, teen books, like all of these kind of quote-unquote childish things, but I don't care. They 
They bring me happiness. So that's all I got to say about that. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate you for loving it. Um, But also thank you for taking time, especially today, to talk with me about all the things in our workout and self-care always and cycles. I think we're going to get into all of those things. And I would love if you could introduce yourself if people don't know you. Yeah. So my name is Taylor Lee Morrison. You can just call me Taylor. There's just also a company called Taylor Morrison that builds houses. And so I've got to have my my middle name in there so you can find me. (laughs) I own a company called Inner Workout that builds tools and resources and experience to help people lead a life infused with care. And I host a personal development podcast called B-School. And I really just love helping people connect to themselves and get to know themselves and use that knowledge to do really, I'm trying to think of what the best word is, to create like positive impact in the world. It's like the tagline for B-School is personal development for collective change. And I see that in the self-care thing too. Like there's a self-care and there's Mm -hmm. the community care. I love I love all that stuff. I love it too. And I love your work. Like I was saying earlier, I did an inner workout before we got on this call. So I'm feeling pretty jazzed. And I also did the take care assessment, which we will get into later, just what it was like. And I thought that was really fun and interesting. But I kind of want to start kind of at the root with talking about not even how you started in a workout first, but kind of like, what were you like growing up? Like, what was your experience like being you before you founded this company? I love that question. So growing up, so I have an older sister from my dad's first marriage, who's much older than me. So I basically lived as an only child. I was the only kid like in the house which I think has made me like really independent and fine with just doing stuff myself. I have always loved to learn. I was, was, and now I'm more, I aspire to be, but (laughs) an avid reader, like I would just devour books. I'd always have a book in my hand. My mom would have to be like giving me a book light or something because I would just try and read. Like if we were on a road trip, I'd try and read even after it was dark just because I wanted to to finish the book. Yeah, me too. I love that. I'm trying to think of other things that I really love. I've always been curious and like wanting to start things. I've always loved planning things. As I got like older, I started kind of late. Like when I was really little, I danced ballet. And then in fifth grade, I started ballet again and got really into that through my freshman year of high school. And that was kind of like my big extracurricular. Well, that, and then I played piano and then flute and piccolo. So a lot of like music related things. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get this energy from you. It's like very graceful. I don't know if anyone has ever told you that, but that is what I feel from your energy. Every time we get to talk is just like, you have this really like graceful presence might be weird, but that's those are my thoughts. And can you remind me again, did you grow up in the Chicagoland area? I always forget. Oh, yeah, that's important. Where was I going? <laughs> yeah. 
So I grew up in the Chicagoland area. I grew up in Oak Park, which is like one suburb west of Chicago, and lived in different parts of Oak Park throughout my childhood. But where I lived the longest was really close to Chicago on the North Avenue side. So I lived there. It's like a pretty diverse community, but I found myself in predominantly white spaces. I went to a private school owned by my church for a couple of years. Then I went to public school for a couple of years. And then third grade through high school, I went to this private school in a suburb that was further out, which is actually where I met my husband. And yeah, which I think is a part of my story of being in places where like, yes, there were other people like me, but it took me a long time to really feel comfortable, like owning all of my being, I guess. Yeah. Well, could you talk a little bit more about that? Like, why do you feel like you found yourself in predominantly white spaces, even though there might've been more diversity around you? Is that correct? Just a product of like, so Oak Park is pretty diverse, but like when white people say something is diverse, that's kind of different than how like there's actual research on like what is the threshold that a person of color will think something is diverse versus a white person. So oh, even okay. though there was like diversity, there weren't necessarily a ton of people who look like me. Like I spent most of my time at church, which was diverse, but still predominantly white. Lord. <laughs> internal <laughs> okay. white supremacy right there. <laughs> So church was predominantly white, and then my school was predominantly white. So it wasn't like I didn't seek that out. And when I look at my childhood friends, I had multiple childhood friends who were biracial, black and white, childhood friends who were white, who were black, who were Asian. So I had like friends of every race. But when I look at like kind of the majority, it was white. And I think that affected how I saw myself. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I actually looked in my yearbook recently from high school just because I wanted to see what people looked like when I was in high school. In my mind, I was like, was it diverse? And I just didn't know, or like, what was I doing? You know? And I feel pretty similarly because I went to high school in Schaumburg and I guess I've been really thinking about that a lot lately. Like what about where we grew up? Maybe it was sort of diverse-ish, but like what led us to be more so in predominantly white spaces? And like how did we come on this journey of like getting closer to feeling whole about ourselves and like our identities? And so I don't know if you've ruminated on this at all, but like, do you feel like there was a turning point for you in your journey of kind of coming back to yourself and maybe being proud to be a black woman? Or have you thought about your journey to your identity, I guess? Yeah. So I think that my parents raised me to like really value my blackness like my parents would go out of their way to make sure I had dolls that looked like me and to buy me books where the protagonist looked like me and to, yeah, just to show me like how great black people are. Yeah. And so I feel like I had a lot of that in the household, but then there's still this context that we're in 
that doesn't necessarily show that. Like I think about when I would write books, I would write the protagonist as being like blonde hair and blue eyes. Because even though my parents were giving me these specific books, every other book I was reading, like a Nancy Drew, I think Nancy Drew might have had brown eyes, but like they're <laughs> like these yeah. white female protagonists who don't look like me, but me at a young age had kind of absorbed. If you're writing a book, most of the time the protagonist looks like this, unless you have these special books, then the protagonist mm. gets to look like me. So I think there were definitely places like in middle school and high school, especially where I did feel like having a weave or like I'm a pretty curvy person. Like if I would have had less curves, then I would have been more appealing. And I've mentioned on other things in the past, I went to a school that was Dutch Christian reformed. So I had a lot of people who were like really tall, really blonde, really thin, like kind of that all American ideal, but like oh, their descendants are Dutch. So that was another part of my context is like, Whoa. The people who were the hot girls in my school were Mm -hmm. like fitting this very specific formula. So I think going to college for me was helpful because even though I went to Vanderbilt, so I went to a predominantly white institution for college, Mm -hmm. at least there were like different kinds of whiteness. (laughs) Not that we didn't have that at my Mm. school, but there was a very clear like, this is the archetype and this is the standard. And at least at Vanderbilt, there is a so much distinction within that, and I just had space mm-hmm. to to find myself. So I think it was definitely an unfolding, and just being able to question things like, why do I believe these things? And some, and seeing all the intersectionality in it, like where there's internalized misogyny, where there's internalized white supremacy, and how that changes how I see myself or saw myself and how I wanted Mm -hmm. to present. And the more unpacking I did around that, the more comfortable I am just being who I am. Yeah. It sounds like going to Vanderbilt really opened up your mind and your world a little bit from maybe what you were normally used to being in high school, at least surrounded by these people that you felt like were really similar and you've you felt different. And then it was kind of like you go to college and things start to kind of evolve. And I feel like it was pretty similar for myself as well. Like, I guess there's some, there's something about like leaving the place that you kind of grew up in to see more of the world and see that your mind can be shifted in a different way. But I also relate to the writing books and like all of the characters are blonde with blue eyes. And it's like, what? And again, this is like a recurring theme on the podcast because lots of people liked reading books. Apparently lots of people liked writing too when they're little, which is great. But we've all were like, oh yeah, like, you know, I didn't read any books where the protagonist was any other color and they were usually always blonde of some sort, you know, that like stereotypical quote unquote, like hot blonde girl. Like that was like always the case. And it wasn't until later on in life that they kind of got more exposed to more things and more people that their minds were able to shift and move into more of a place of acceptance within themselves. How do you feel like 
that has played into you building inner workout and building this business? Yeah, I think, I mean, so it's called inner workout and it's the workout piece doesn't come from the fact that you move your body and part of the physical practice and inner workout itself has like moved beyond just the practice, but it's because doing inner work takes repetition. It takes practice. Self-care is a practice. And so in all of the inner work that I've had to do in order to feel confident in who I am, in order to figure out how to care for myself, that made me want to build a company that could help other people do the same. And also, it made me want to build a company that was really inclusive because Mm-hmm. Look at wellness, and there's definitely shifts being made. But the wellness space, if you picture someone in that space, you're probably not picturing someone who looks like me or someone who looks like you. That's like people of color, women of color haven't been made the ideal for health and wellness. And so I knew when I was building something, even though I wanted inner workout to be bigger than me, and that's why it's super cool to be training other facilitators and things like that, I really wanted people to be able to see themselves in the brand and know that it is the practices are for you and the spaces we create are for you. And you don't have to change the way you look or have only a certain set of life experiences to be welcome or to benefit from what we offer. Mm -hmm. I love that you went into it with that intentionality because a lot of wellness brands don't go into it with that intentionality of like being really inclusive and having all types of people be able to see themselves in the brand. And I mean, there was definitely this one moment Okay. So I'm going to backtrack. So I remember I was at this gathering with a bunch of girls and I said, I was going to leave this gathering to go to yoga. And I will never forget that there was this one person that was there. She was a black woman. She was curvier. And she basically was like, wellness is for white people. And in my mind, I was like, what? And I just kind of didn't respond and I just left and went to my yoga class, but I never forgot it because I don't think wellness or self-care is only for white people and it is for people of color. It's for everyone. Self-care and wellness is not something that only certain people should be allowed to have. And I've loved being able to see more and more brands like yours expand that narrative that Mm -hmm you know, you have to be small already and wear Lululemon. <laughs> no shade to Lululemon. Sorry. It's just what I, what comes to mind. And, you know, that we can expand this idea of what it means to be someone that is participating in wellness activities. And so for you, I know part of the like messaging behind inner workout is around creating self-care as a skill. How would you tell people to do that? (laughs) So the definition that we use for self-care, because self-care like just means everything and nothing right now. So we got to start with that baseline is Mm -hmm. listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. So for me, the key things are that self-care is an ongoing practice. Like 
you have to listen and respond. And when you listen, you hear different things. Sometimes it's like, for me, I remember I got really into hiking this trail around my in-laws house this summer, like a really short hike. And sometimes listening would be like, take this as a leisurely stroll and like, look at the birds and just really savor this. And sometimes listening within and responding with love would be, actually, let's run this trail. And I'd be like, <laughs> what? I haven't run for like really <laughs> literally years. But my body was like, oh, it'd just be kind of fun to run this, right? And I did, and it felt amazing. And so it's an ongoing conversation. And as you listen and respond, you'll hear and you'll notice different things. And so when you can get really into that practice of, okay, what is my physical body telling me? What are my emotions telling me right now? How connected do I feel to myself? Am I able to listen to my intuition and act on it? When you Mm -hmm. start those check-in points and responding, it makes self-care so much bigger than what we've reduced it to. And I love a lot of the quote-unquote like basic self-care activities. I love a bath. I love a candle. But when I think about the skill of self-care as it comes into my life, it's the fact that before this call, I took a nap because my body said that I really needed it. And I honored that. Mm -hmm. Like I took a nap in the the middle of a workday. And I do need to acknowledge like there's a certain level of privilege in me being able to do that, even in a pandemic. But yeah, it completely changes how I run my business, how I show up in my life. And it becomes almost like this portal to self-discovery and to like transformation. Mm -hmm. Well, what would you do if someone were to say, but I can't tune into my intuition or like I can't hear that inner voice? Because I think for a lot of people, it's really hard to cultivate more self-awareness and try to discern between intuition and another voice and that's telling them, I don't know, maybe it's an inner critic or like some sort of voice of doubt. Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think, and that's part of why it's an inner workout. That's part of why self-care is a practice because you have to find how you best can listen to that voice. Sometimes Mm -hmm. for me, that's journaling. Sometimes that's during a silent car ride, but you can test a lot of different things. So you can try meditating. And if that doesn't work for you, then try taking a walk and see if that's helpful. Any place where you can be quiet with yourself with relatively little distraction, that's a good starting point. So put away your phone and listen to your thoughts See if you can notice any sensation in your body. Like, are my shoulders really tight right now? Am I clenching my hand? Are there butterflies in my stomach? And start to explore that. And the first step is just cultivating that ability to notice, to notice what your feelings are, whether those are physical feelings or emotions or things like that. And maybe that's all you get to is like, oh, this is one way I feel when I feel sad. Oh, Mm. this is one way that my body responds when I'm anxious. And then from there, you can start to explore the loving responses. But I like to really just be so curious about 
myself. Like I, I love to be curious about how I change and how I evolve and what my needs are. And when I approach it with that curiosity and understand that everything is unfolding differently, it makes it easier to check in with myself and also makes yeah. the process kind of fun. Yeah, I could see that you lit up when you thought about like getting curious about yourself. And I love that perspective on it because it's kind of like thinking of yourself as a really fun puzzle to solve. I don't know. I feel like not one person has themselves super figured out. I just don't think that that's possible. And as you're talking about like getting curious with yourself, I think a lot of people have a fear of really getting to know themselves on a deeper level because it's kind of scary. You know, it's scary to really come to terms like with what it is that you actually want or what it is that you actually need, because that means maybe you have to let go of certain things or habits or people. Do people ask you about that a lot? Like that fear I think it's the first time that, like, in this context, it's been expressed in this way, but it does definitely come up. So sometimes there is that fear, and I've experienced that fear of, like, okay, if I really lean in, I might have to do things differently than everyone else. Like, I might know that this thing really works for me or this thing really doesn't work for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I may not be able to watch a TV show because I know how it'll mess with my emotions. Even though everyone's talking about it, if I really tune in, I know that that's not for me, which can go, that's like a relatively mundane example. Like you said, that could be like, I don't need to be in this job or this relationship if I sit with it. And so, yeah, I think there are different levels of fear, fear of what could be possible if you really stepped into honoring your inner knowing, fear Mm -hmm. of standing out and having to do things differently. Yeah, there there's so much room for fear in it. And I guess I'll speak from my experience. In my experience, and I'm an Enneagram three, so I often want to like be successful in the way that most people will acknowledge me as successful. And the more I get to know myself, the more that I have to deviate from the norm of success. And it's scary, but it's also so, so, so much more fulfilling on the other side of that fear. All right. All birds. Y'all, I have to tell you about them because not only do they make the world's most comfortable shoes using natural materials, they care about their community. And that is so refreshing. Recently, they asked me to join their global community of changemakers called the All Good Collective, and I'm so proud to be a part of it. I'm part of this group with a couple of other people you might recognize, like Leah Thomas, who's the founder of Intersectional Environmentalist, Lisa, who's the founder of the sustainable fashion brand Mian Studios, and so many other amazing people that are doing really awesome things in their communities. Part of Albert's focus this year has been to empower their own members by elevating our voices, our work, and our stories. They really are on a mission to do things right. And if you'd like to check out the work of the other All Good Collective members, visit community.allbirds.com for upcoming events online and in real life. You can also follow them on social media at Allbirds. But 
I'm going to give you a chance to seriously try out a pair of Allbirds with our monthly giveaway. So make sure you stick around until the end of the episode to find out how you can win a pair of Allbirds and see for yourself how freaking amazing they are and know that I'm truly, genuinely a fan. All right, back to the episode. Have you like determined what you feel like is successful for you versus successful for other people. I'm also a three. So curious. Yeah. I think this is something that I continue to learn more about, but success for me, like right now I feel really successful and I'm actually not making the most money I've ever made in my life, but I can take a nap in the middle of the day and I like get to work with incredible people and I get to encourage and equip people. Freedom and autonomy are big parts of like what success feels like to me. It's also starting a company and Mm -hmm. doing programs in more of a startup space. It's so much like growth at all costs. Like we're going to take a loss on this thing. Like Mm -hmm. companies like Uber and Lyft are often losing money on rides, but they're just trying to get the most market share and people are pouring all this money into them so that eventually they can make all this money. And I just want to create something that's like sustainable, that allows me to live a life where I can embody what I preach and Mm -hmm. then can maybe support a couple other people in like employees or collaborators in living what feels like a successful life for them. So just being really in control and feeling like I have the freedom to say yes to things and no to things in a really aligned way instead of out of like, I have to do this to pay the bills. Yeah. I love that you're redefining what that means because I think in society, there's like, I don't know, a standard of what we think for everything, right? It's cultural norms, what society expects from you in every facet of our lives, right? Whether it's career or beauty or what have you, there's always these standards that society that we feel like society has placed on us. And you always have to reflect on what that really means for you. And if that is something that's actually aligned with who you are as a person. And so With inner workout and like these workouts that you've created and cultivated for people to basically really get to know themselves a lot better, right? Like it's a place for curiosity and self-discovery. How do you implement that into your own life, like on a day-to-day basis? I know that you say sometimes like you might do this thing or sometimes you might do that thing, but like, is there something that you do pretty regularly? So outside of being an Enneagram 3, I'm a Sagittarius sun. So I feel like I like to switch things up and I'm a four wing on the Enneagram. So, but I have a Virgo rising. So in a certain sense, I like things to be like the way that they are, but I also like to switch things up. So a big part of my self-care is being able to honor what I need. And I can easily go to a place where I'm like, we're doing this workout Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're doing this workout Tuesday, Thursday. If you don't feel like it, just get over it and push yourself. Like I can do that. I have done that in the past and it doesn't always feel good for me overall. And so I feel like I'm really 
doing my best in a self-care sense when I'm able to just be like, I'm going to journal for a long time today. And if I don't pick up my journal for a couple of weeks, like that's fine because I'm finding other ways to reflect. So it's always just trying to access what I need. And there are certain tools that are generally consistent over time, like what I refer to as my self-care toolkit. Like journaling will always have a place in there. There are seasons where it's every day I'm journaling. There are seasons where it's every few weeks I'm journaling. Movement is huge. I have a lot of anxiety and I find that if I'm not moving my body, it's like there's this nervous energy that's pent up inside of me. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like doing a lot of yoga. Other times it's doing a lot of HIIT workouts. Other times it's going outside and hiking or bike riding. So there are like pieces that are consistent and then finding how I need to shift based on whatever season I'm in. I guess the reason why I'm asking that too is I feel like with self-care and I'm realizing this thought as I'm saying it out loud. So again, hopefully it makes sense, but I feel like with self-care and creating quote unquote routines, like people want those things like to have a routine or to do something every single day. And while I understand that creating habits is super helpful, I feel like there's also this pressure to do the same thing all the time. And like, then you have reached the pinnacle of self-care. Like you are enlightened and you're taking care of yourself, but it's actually just a much more fluid process from what I feel like you're saying. Is that right? Totally. And I think part of this is like a reflection of how I've practiced self-care in the past where it has been really legalistic and I'm going to wake up at this time or I'm going to do these specific actions in this specific way. But I also just find so many uh, people who like will tell me, oh, I'm bad at self-care. I hate yoga or like I'm bad at I'm bad at self-care. I can't sit and meditate. And it's like, that doesn't mean you're bad at self-care. You just don't like this one self-care practice. Like if you care for yourself, if you checked in and did something that made you feel supported and cared for, that's self-care. And that could be you watering your plants or doing any number of random things. And so I think part of the reason, and this also a little bit of my independent forewing is like really wanting to push back on the idea that you're only accomplishing self-care if you meditate for 20 to 30 minutes a day and you do your morning pages and write like three pages Mm -hmm. a day in journaling. It's just, that's not helpful and it's not realistic. And that also gets back to how we were talking about the wellness industry and how it's set up. Most wellness brands are really aspirational. And so it's like, I'm buying this thing because I think I'll then transform into this other person. And Mm -hmm. so you'll force yourself into clothes or into practices. And I think it's a lot more interesting to get to know yourself and understand what is actually going to fill me up. And maybe some of those are really trendy things. And maybe there's some completely random things that fill your cup but you're doing what you need and you're actually getting the benefits of self-care instead of just doing something 
for Instagram or so you can tell your friends that you're into it. It's just, yeah, there's this, this sense of wanting to do things because it's the cool self-care and that can go both ways. But a lot of times I think it impedes people from actually caring for themselves. I think I agree, especially when you're talking about like a lot of wellness brands are aspirational. Like it's all about the aspiration of what you could be versus looking at where you are at now, which I feel like is actually the big difference between your company and a lot of other like wellness brands, right? You're looking at like, how can I meet you where you are at right now? What tools do you have already at your disposal that you can use to take care of yourself versus, I don't know, products or whatever that's going to maybe make you feel like you're taking care of yourself for now. And then in reality, you just don't feel cared for later. You know, I don't know, bath bombs, for instance, whatever product it is. And no shade to bath bombs. I love a bath bomb. No, no shade, no shade to any of these things. We love all of these things, but just in terms of like going deeper into yourself, I feel like the funny thing about this conversation and is that like the answer is you just got to understand yourself and you just got to know yourself. Like if I could sum up this podcast episode already in like one sentence, it's learn to know yourself and that's it. We've done it. We've solved the mystery of life. Yeah. And it's like, how do you get at people to actually do that? That's the hard thing. Because I think yeah. there's so much potential. If people could really get to know themselves, I think that we would have a much different world where people like divest from certain markers of success that we have now, because we're not all just like trying to go to this thing that we've been told. We're all so tuned in and we can have all these different versions of success and we can maybe be a little bit less hoardy of what we have because you realize like, oh, there actually could be enough to go around and I don't need to have, like, there's just so much potential, but it's so hard because it takes work. And like you mentioned before, it's scary to do some of that. It's scary because you're not just digging in and being like, oh, I'm really gifted at this or this makes me feel loved. You're like, oh, these are some of the deep fears that I have. And these are some of the lies I've been telling myself for years. Like it's not all sunshine and roses. And so a lot of people just choose to kind of like keep it surface level and get their massage and do a meditation now and then, but like, let me not access too much emotion. Can't go too deep. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's weird because it's super simple, but it's also like one of the hardest things to get people to do. And Mm -hmm. I can't do it for you or for anyone else. The only thing I can do is offer tools. Yeah. And it's, it's a journey. It's a personal journey for everyone. I mean, like I did the follicular phase inner workout today. Woo. It was really fun. Like I told you and the journal prompt at the end, can I say what it was? Sure. Do you care? Okay. It was so simple. It was what if, Oh, it threw me into a spiral. I was like, what if, what do you mean? What if, and I was sitting there trying to journal about it and I was like, Oh God, why? And then I think like in the video, you're like, it's okay. I'm not looking at over your shoulder, just write it out. And I was like, all right, here we go. And then you just start writing. And finally for me, what came up was 
Christina's ego, my ego. I like mm-hmm. to keep it nice and safe and like a little box where no one can reject it or like tell them that they're sucking at life. And I was like, damn, that is the thing that's holding me back, right? It's so prideful talking about myself in sort of third person. But <laughs> but it's interesting because I haven't really thought that that was my problem at the moment. Not like a problem, but like something that I needed to work through until I did the inner workout today and was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense actually. And then now is I can kind of move through that and figure out how I can move past this fear of being, I don't know, like getting my ego hurt. And I just like really love being able to see that today right before our conversation to like see it actually in practice. But I also took your take care assessment. And for anyone that is interested in doing it, I will also link this in the show notes because it was super interesting. And we'll put a little code in there, a discount code in there too. Oh, yay. Thank you. I was like, it was really, I I mean, surprise, (laughs) surprise, you get a code and you get a code and you get a code. Take your take care assessment. But I took it. I got a hundred percent on sleep. What up? I love sleeping. It's my number one thing. But when you, if you are going to take the assessment, it's going to give you your results based off of the five dimensions that inner workout is based off of. Taylor, yeah. do you have any? Am I yeah. on point? Okay. <laughs> and so it goes into physical, energetic, mental, and emotional wisdom and bliss. And I looked at my results and dang, I was a little surprised about some of these things. You want to I don't know how, can we, am I allowed to? Yeah. Okay. Can I preface one thing before you dive into your results? Hundo P. One thing that I say, speaking of Hundo P, is the percentages. We have this thing in our society because we normally see percentages when we like took a test as a kid, you know, I haven't figured out a better way to do it yet, but like the goal isn't to get 100% and everything. It's just a way to see where you're at. So you're not failing. If you have a lower score, you're not like passing self-care school. If you have a hundred percent, so just practicing that, especially knowing that you're a fellow three, it can be really easy to be like, Oh, I'm failing. You're not failing. Thank you for prefacing that before we dive into this, because that is 100% how I was feeling as a very, you know, like a workaholic type, kind of like A plus, wanting to be an A plus student kind of person. I was like, 55%? What am I doing? I'm not breathing? What the heck? And then I was like, no, I need to be breathing. But okay, so (laughs) I need to be breathing more. Okay, so like, let's say that someone is at home and they take this, how would you want them to like start interpreting their results? So number one would be, don't feel like you're failing. If you're not at a hundred percent, you're not supposed to be at a hundred percent, but then how would you have them look at their results? Yeah. So the inner workout philosophy of the five dimensions comes from this yogic concept of the koshas. And I like to profits and say that's inspired by it, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily interpret things the same way that like ancient yogic scholars would have. 
it's definitely mm-hmm. got like my 21st century spin on it and also kind of brings in pieces of what we know with science and things like that. So each of the five dimensions, we all have a relationship with them at any given point. This assessment is a point in time look at that. So got it. This is you right now. You took it, you took it today. I took it today. Took it this morning. So you took it like the morning after the election. That context (laughs) is important. You could take it next week and get some really different answers. So understanding that it's like this little snapshot for you. And then as you look at each of the dimensions, there's five dimensions and then there's 14 sub-dimensions. So things that make up each of the broader dimensions. So notice where your score was a little bit lower. To me, that's like an invitation to be curious. Notice where your score is higher and see if there's any learning that you can have around why that score is a little bit higher for you right now. And if you can add any of that learning to maybe a dimension that is feeling a little bit harder to connect to or to care for. Yeah. So that's what you can do when you look at the page of the percentages is just kind of see, Mm -hmm. okay, where am I at? Another important thing is to notice how you're feeling about it. Because like you took the assessment, Christina, you took it. The percentages are just a reflection of the answers that you put in. And it's just kind of like holding it up to you. Like, look, this is what you told me. And so Mm -hmm. equally important to the percentages is also how you feel about it. So that's why I'm really curious to hear like what surprised you. That's a great question to ask as you're looking through this. Okay. Love that. So people can ask themselves like what surprised you and we can talk about, let's do an example. I'll tell you what surprised me. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, what? Okay. So other than the breathing, which is under energetic is the dimension. I had 55% and then my breath quality was 46% and my energy points was 65%. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm looking at it like breathing. Okay. Am I not like breathing? (laughs) Am I not like taking deep enough breaths? And the answer is actually, no, I'm not. I'm probably holding my breath a lot. And I think a lot of people do that is like their shoulders are up because it's tense and like my shoulders are up to my ears and I'm like not fully breathing out of my body. And I feel like it's just holding a lot of tension. Mm. And that's something that I'm realizing after looking at my results. Yeah. Cause your breath is so important. Like in yogic philosophy, your breath is the connection to the life force But then also we just know like you have to breathe to stay alive and you also have like not an organ isn't the word that I'm looking for, but like physiologically you have a setup to help you breathe. Your diaphragm is designed to help you breathe. But a lot of times we choose to just use like our shoulders and the top portion of our lungs instead of Mm -hmm. like our belly and our diaphragm. And that changes. That's why it's breath quality. That changes the quality of your breath, which can also change how you show up if you're feeling more anxious or less anxious. So it spills over into the rest of your life. Mm, Okay. What is a tip for someone that doesn't have like great breath quality, which I feel like is understandable in our current circumstances, but what's like one thing that someone could do right now, just like simply take a breath, like a deep breath. Yeah. I think taking a deep breath is always a good place to start. That's like One of my go-tos is just like, oh yeah, let me take a second to breathe. And 
especially if you're not sure how you're relating to your breath, like take a deep breath and notice what happens. Do your shoulders go up super high? Are you feeling like the breath is getting down to your belly? You can start to kind of notice, like, are you super hunched over? So it's hard for you to feel like you can breathe. You can kind of check yourself out. So a deep breath, once you find the position that allows you to really breathe well, a deep breath is a great way to just say like, okay, I'm back in the moment. And a deep breath can also be kind of a diagnostic to see, oh, I'm not sitting in a place that's supporting me or, oh, I'm carrying all this tension in my shoulders. I'm definitely going to need to take a couple of deep breaths after we get off because of all the things I've already said. But at any rate, okay. So I'm going to do one last one from the assessment. We don't have to go through my whole thing. But for example, wisdom. Mm. I thought that was surprising for me because, well, I got 57% under wisdom. For self-trust, I got 76%, which I feel like for me is fairly accurate. Like I do trust myself and the decisions that I make like most of the time. Yeah. But then my focus was 46% and my aligned action was 50%. So to me, I'm reading this, like if I was just reading this by myself, I would be like thinking about how I could focus more and like actually feel like I'm doing the things that I want to do. But am I interpreting that correctly from reading it? Yeah. So focus is one of the ones that requires additional context is because there is a sense of focus of like, can I stick with this task? But there's also the sense of focus that's asking, can I be in this present moment? Mm. And if we are spending all our time in the past, like physically we're here and maybe you're taking your dog for a walk, but you're like thinking about what you should have done or what you could have done. And that's where mentally you are most of the time or mentally a lot of us are probably right now well you and I are everyone else in the future already knows but like what will happen what could happen Mm. am I prepared for all of that so if you're living entirely in the future then you can't be focused on the present moment so for me a big part of focus is presence and understanding how powerful the present moment is Ooh. Wow. Love that. I would love to know how people are feeling about like living in the past or the present because I think I do that a lot. You even said while you're walking your dog, I'm like, oh, that's all I do every morning is think about the future while I'm walking my dog. Dang. And I didn't even notice, honestly, until I took the assessment to be like, wait, am I focused on the present? Like, or am I just daydreaming more about the future and not like thinking about where I'm at right now. Yeah. And to a certain extent, like you have to process what happened to you and you have to prepare for the future. But it's like, are you living in those places so much that you can't be with your life right now? I would say the answer to that question is probably yes for me, but (laughs) (laughs) I will journal about that after. Okay, cool. Wow. I love this. I'm going to dive into it obviously later since I like, I literally opened the results right before our calls so that I could like peek at it and then ask you a couple questions. But again, I'll put the discount code from Taylor and the link and y'all should definitely try it out because it is telling me a lot of things that I didn't really realize about myself. And so 
My last question kind of all around this idea of self-care as a skill around redefining your expectations for yourself and understanding yourself more like this curiosity and self-awareness. If there was like two things that you would want someone to do right now, what would they be? Mm, This is so good. So if there are two things, so it's two questions. which makes a lot of sense because I talk about like being curious with yourself and questions are a way to guide that curiosity. So ask a question. If you hate journaling, you don't have to journal. Just think about the question, sit with your thoughts. You'll still be able to process it. Maybe think about it in the shower because that's a good time to like have the juices flowing. No pun intended. (laughs) But the first question is like, when do I feel most supported? Think about that. Start to notice what support feels like for you right now in the season that you're in. Then where am I experiencing tension? Where are the places where you feel like there's a sense of friction, where you might be feeling a little bit pulled in certain directions or not fully settled? I think if you can get clear answers to those two questions, you'll have a really good understanding of where to start focusing your self-care efforts. And in the process of asking those questions, you'll start to understand how to find those answers within yourself. So it's like a little bit of practice, but also with what you find from those results, it'll help you kickstart your journey. Mm, Yeah. Ooh, I love those two questions. I would be super curious if anyone wants to tell us what came up for you after you asked yourself those two questions, feel free to DM us. I just want to know like, if you have a visceral reaction to answering either of those two things, or it was really hard for you and you had to sit down and think about it for a while, but would love to know. And then Taylor, just to kind of, I'm going to ask you a couple like quick questions for fun. And I want to know what's something that you're looking forward to right now. Well, it's my birthday month, so and it's my golden yeah. birthday this year. My birthday's on the oh, 20th, yay. and I turned 28 this year, so I'm looking forward to that, which is funny because I've never been like a really huge birthday person, but it feels nice to have like an excuse to celebrate this year. Yes. It's been a long year. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, and I feel like that's pretty much the major thing, like at one point, birthday is I'm going to take a vacation, but I don't know when that will be. So you can start daydreaming. Future. Distant future. Somewhere to go. Are you going to do anything special for your golden birthday? Or are you guys We're just going to be at the house? To figure out. Like, probably my mom's going to make me some really good food. Because my it. birthday is right after Thanksgiving. So I get, like, the good Thanksgiving food that I like. And then my mom will make me, like, whatever meal I want. Normally something <laughs> related. And then oh, the good cake. So we'll probably do that. And then maybe we'll do a staycation. I really want to just like get a cabin in the woods somewhere. But I like everyone's trying to get a cabin in the woods somewhere. So they're probably all booked right now. Yeah. You should just – well, I guess it is over Thanksgiving. But I don't know. Maybe you should just go look and see. I mean, there's plenty of like woodland areas in Illinois and Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you and your golden birthday. Happy early birthday, but I'll probably tell you much closer to the actual date 
but everyone else should wish you a happy birthday when they listen to this. And the other one is, is there anything else that you want to share with the audience that you want them to check out? It's like your time to shine. Yeah. If you like hearing me talk about like getting to know yourself, that's what I talk about on my podcast that comes out every Monday. That's called B-School. And we're launching something cool for Inner Workout. We're um, launching like this monthly gathering that will actually go live the day after my birthday. So if that sounds interesting to you, then you should get on Inner Workout's mailing list so you'll be the first to hear about it. But I'm just so excited to create like tools. You'll get a workbook every month, but also you'll have a space to like do an inner workout together and talk to other people processing what you've been learning over the course of the month. So that is like making 2021 something that I want to look forward to. So I guess I kind of am looking forward to 2021, but because I'm getting to do a cool piece of work, Mm -hmm. not necessarily because I feel certain about our future. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Two separate things, but we'll all figure it out. We survived 2020. So I I was going to say like, we can survive anything, which is true, but also, I don't know. I'm not going to look that far ahead. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to look that far ahead. (laughs) Okay. And then the last thing that we always ask is, are there any other women of color that are inspiring you right now? Yeah. I was thinking about this. I mean, there's always so many, which is mostly just like the women I get to be in community with, including you. But I also recently watched, I've never watched David Letterman's like my next guest or whatever. Oh, me neither. Was it good? I watched the one with Lizzo and it was really inspiring. So I mentioned earlier, like kind of in passing that I played flute and Lizzo's like a classically (gasps) trained flautist. And she just talks about her journey. I didn't know as much about like her connection to Prince and just like she just Lizzo is a vibe. And so it was really cool to hear her share like some of her own pieces of her life, but then also the journey of like overnight success. But really she's been working for years and years and years to get here. Yeah. It's really crazy. I've like been literally so close to her in probably like touching distance because she came to Austin. This was like right before her song. What is what's truth hurts. Truth hurts. Was it truth hurts? I was like, I can't remember now. Um, that like popped off. Yeah. Like all of a sudden. And I remember she came to Austin and I'm a part of this community called Boss Babes ATX here. And she came and her manager actually did, her manager at the time didn't a panel. And then Lizzo showed up and then they were all like dancing and drinking champagne and mimosas. And I was like, damn, she's so cool. And then like all of a sudden she was just like popping off. And I was like, wait, that who? And I think it is such an interesting phenomenon, right? That she just like all of a sudden she's like working really hard and doing all these things. And then bam, one day it was like, her song cannot stop being played on the radio. And it's on like t-shirts and everyone's <laughs> like using the lyrics from her songs, but I need to watch it then if it's inspiring. Yeah. Like, it's only 45 inspiring minutes. things. Watch it really? today. Have yeah, 45 minutes where you don't look at election stuff. <laughs> Take a break from Dawson's Creek. 
<laughs> I'm the worst. Oh gosh. Okay. Is there anybody else that you want to like shout out that you feel like people should check out or I don't know, support any favorite like women of color owned brands? Yeah. And cause Lizzo is like, probably everyone knows her. So Monet of earth and olive, but her company well, her personal Instagram is called Some Finessing, and I'll send all of this to you. She's starting this zine, this digital zine called Wellpreneur, and it's specifically for people who own wellness brands, but she's like a Black woman who is leading this initiative and really making sure to tell the stories of women of color who own businesses in the wellness space. And so I think that's a cool resource for folks and also like by trade she's a designer so just the oh, things that, that sounds amazing gorgeous they're so wow beautiful. i can't wait to check that out i love design stuff i want to put people on to new things but everyone who's coming to mind are like big people who are inspiring me right now you should say them anyway like adrian marini brown i am reading pleasure activism and oh i haven't read that yet it's just I mean, I started at like before we got to this point, but it's such a different take on what it means to be an activist. And it's so much about like how cultivating your joy and experiencing pleasure is an act of resistance, which is refreshing in this context where mm-hmm. it's easy. Like I definitely, I called people and tried to get them to vote for Biden and like did digital vote, phone banking, but also realizing that like, that it doesn't have to be just about doing things to make change. It can also be choosing to unapologetically experience pleasure. Like that is a form of resistance and activism that is valid as well. And I think me who has a tendency to like try and do a bunch of things Mm -hmm. needed that. Oh, okay. Maybe I need to move it higher up on my, my reading list. It's good. It's a collection of essays too. Oh, it is? So, okay. So you can kind of like bounce around a little bit. And then read another book and watch an episode of Dawson's Creek. <laughs> Thank you. You know my life schedule now. It's like I'm watching Dawson's Creek in the background while I'm working. So multitasking. Sorry. I do it. I can't help it. Okay, cool. I don't know. If there's anyone that comes to mind, you can always let me know later because I love just adding it into the show notes and sharing it. I mean, the internet is pretty fucking cool. And I mean, that's how I, I found you, I think on the internet. No, LT, LT, yeah, L'Oreal. She knows she sent it to me. And then I was like, how did I, but it's still through the internet. Cause I'm at L'Oreal through the internet and I have like found so many like super fucking cool people on the internet. And I love it for that reason. So Thank you so much for your time, especially today. We'll see what happens when we both log off this call and see what's going on in the world. I'm a little scared. Are you? I don't know how you're feeling. I think it's going to be good things because that's okay. what happened. I took a nap, which is what I needed, and then Wisconsin won. And then we had a conversation that I would like to think was good for both of us. And I so, think so. we're going to see good results when we log off. Okay. I'm believing it. We got it. We got it. And yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything like nice planned for after this phone call? 
I'm facilitating something tomorrow, so I have to work on that. But my mm. mother-in-law is making like a crab leg boil tonight. Oh, love, so, love a crab boil. Be so Ooh. good. That I'm, sounds I'm amazing. You're like, is it dinner time yet? Not yet, but we'll get there. I love that. Oh, crab boils are my favorite. My mom always used to do that. That's the best. So I have that to look forward to. Good. I'm glad. Well, thank you again. I'm going to like put all these things in the show notes, like shout this all out. I just love the work that you're doing. I love you as a person. You have been so helpful to me in the pandemic, honestly, <laughs> like just talking me off the ledge for certain things that have been happening in my personal life. And I just appreciate you and our new friendship so much. You're the best. I love it. I love you. I feel the same way. I'm like, I'm so excited when I start traveling again. And one of my husband's yes. best friends lives in Austin. So it can just be, he can go see him. And then I can like explore Austin <laughs> yeah. and you can yeah, take, I'll take you around because you'll know oh. all the cute places. Oh, a hundred percent. I got you. Plus when I come home, which normally I would do, we could always meet up in the city. I mean, obviously I'm not doing that right now, but yeah, eventually okay. one day we're going to do it. I can't wait. Me too. All right, party people. That is the end of the episode. I don't know why I just said that. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening all the way until the end. I know that the times right now are tough, y'all. We are just having an election that has dragged out. So I don't know when you're going to be listening to this. Maybe things have already transpired and time has passed and you're already hearing this after I've recorded it. But hope you're finding some time, space, and break from the news coverage. I am so grateful for Taylor to talk to me the day after the election. And make sure you check out her work. Maybe you should take the self-care assessment and see what's happening. It's a good reflection. But I'm going to get into how you can win the monthly giveaway with Allbirds. And so the two things that you got to do is, one, take a second and leave a review on iTunes. And maybe even give us five stars if you're, you know, super loving the podcast. I have linked it in the show notes to make it super easy for you. And then tag me in your stories on Instagram or whatever. If you're sitting at the park, just write in the caption like that you're listening to the podcast. Tag in bold company and all birds. That's it. You're automatically entered. And just make sure you tag me or I won't see it. So there's one winner per month. I appreciate your love and support and listening ears. So that's all. And for our quick and dirty segment, the things that I'm super obsessed with doing right now is, ugh, as you heard, I'm re-watching Dawson's Creek. That is literally, there are no women of color in it, I don't think, but that's just a weird side note from my end. And I'm trying to get back into journaling. So we'll see if this is the correct season for me to do so. TBD on that. Another thing that I have been super obsessed with is skincare. I like just discovered that actually having a skincare routine makes your skin look better. <laughs> it sounds so silly for me to say out loud, but I'm 
super serious. I would love to hear who some of your favorite skincare brands are, especially if they're women of color owned. I'm trying to only use plant-based sustainable brands for my skincare routine. And I gotta say, it's been pretty awesome. The other thing that I'm super obsessed with lately, let me think about this for a hot second, are, I don't know, my friends. My friends are freaking awesome. The people in my community here in Austin are just like so supportive and so nice. Sinitra, Priscilla, Mary, like all my friends in my peach group chat, Gabby, Gone Bay Girls, who y'all should check out. They're creating a zine right now and I think they're accepting submissions for food recipes that, you know, y'all grew up making. So you should check them out. Oh, I'm super obsessed with this girl on Instagram named Marina. She does branding, but she's a woman of color and I just love everything she's doing. And yeah, I think those are all the people at the moment that I'm super crushing hard on, but there's always people that I'm crushing on. Virginia Cumberbatch, always love her. Yeah. Shout out to all, all my friends and people in my community that help keep me going. Y'all are the best. But if you want to get connected to other women of color, and you heard me say this already, you should join our newsletter. It's pretty freaking cool. And I will share it in the show notes. I won't tell you what it is again, but you should be curious and check it out. All right. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening or day whenever you're listening to this and hopefully you connect with me soon. All right. Ciao.